Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Coffee with Keith podcast. I'm your teacher and host, Keith Brown. And each week on this podcast, we coach you, the BiPlus individual, as well as others within the community, how to turn your hurting into healing and your healing into happiness. Subjects of this podcast will include sexual identity trauma, shame, family dynamics, relationships, coming out issues, bisexuality, dating, mindset, faith development within the Christian faith, and a whole lot more. Every week, you will get powerful teaching to help you create the life you desire and deserve. A couple of disclaimers, though, please. I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. If you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Also, the views expressed on this program are either those of myself or my guest, and should be considered as such. All right, grab that cup of coffee. Have a seat here at my table. But let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown, and I am so very glad that you could join me for this Friday Bible Talks episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening or watching if you're doing so on YouTube, and I really do appreciate it. And listen, if you are on the podcast and listening to it, and you'd like to once in a while watch the videos, then be sure to do that. My channel is The P-H-E-J Keith Brown there at YouTube. It's across everything. My website, my um, Instagram, my YouTube, everything is the J Keith Brown. So I would love to have you come and watch, but I also appreciate you listening to this podcast. Now, again, this is a Friday Bible Talks episode, and today we're going to talk about one of my favorite texts in all of the Bible. And I think it's very applicable to us, you know, because so many people try to make the Christian faith so complicated. And what's more, they try to box it all in for you. But I think that Jesus does the best job in the world of explaining to us what it truly means to be a follower of Christ. All right, so let's turn our attention to the Gospel of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verses 34 through 46, okay? This is the reading for this coming Sunday, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Here it goes. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, and remember the Sadducees were ones who didn't even believe in the resurrection. The old saying goes, they are sad, you see, because they didn't believe in an afterlife. Let me start over. I just thought that was an interesting point to make in case you didn't know. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment is in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to me, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your foot. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. And I love that final part. They came to Jesus as they have been doing time and time and time again to try to catch Jesus in some type of lie or some type of um, abomination, if you will, when it comes to the things of God. So they come at him constantly asking these questions. And I love the fact that Jesus turns the table on not only the Pharisees, who are the wisest, so to speak, when it comes to the Jewish law and tradition, but a lawyer, someone who is very aware of the laws of the Judaic religion. And Jesus turns the table and asks him this question, and a question that he couldn't answer. And therefore, in verse 46, it says, and no one dared to ask Jesus another question. Um, it just goes to show how well Jesus handled the attacks that he received, how well Jesus responded to the issues that came toward him. And that's one of the things that I, I get troubled with, to be honest with you, about people today, um, not only in uh, religious circles, but in all circles, including the LGBTQI plus community. I think that most of the time, or let me let me back up, maybe not most of the time, but many of the times, most of us, and I think that's a true, most of us respond very aggressively or very harshly or negatively toward other people who A, don't understand um who or what we are, or don't agree with it, or whatever the case. And what we do is what we see in our society across the board today is that we jump to this aggressive, angry, attacking state. And I think that I see this daily on social media. And I don't see it just from one side of the coin. I see it from both. I see it basically from every side of the coin. People becoming very aggressive, very attacking, very hurtful of other people, very demonstrative in their responses, things. And I have to go back and look at the example of Jesus, because Jesus was not appreciated. Jesus was not understood. Jesus was not liked by the leaders of his day. And they would constantly come to him with these challenging questions and these opinions. And here's the thing. When they approached Jesus with a question, they weren't looking for the answer. They were looking to catch him. They were looking to entrap him. They were looking for ways to prove their right stance. And people today are doing the very same thing. And if you look at the story of the gospel over and over and over again, you will see that Jesus responds in a way that is not overly aggressive. I mean, he, he's using logic. He's loose, using connection that they have toward a subject to make the the, the analysis, the, the response. And um, in truth, Jesus can cut them down. And sometimes I don't even think they realize it. But the thing that I have noticed over and over again is that Jesus took the time to answer them, and he never 
really just came at them very strongly. Yes, there were times when he called them hypocrite. And, you know, I guess that is somewhat strong, but he always tried to answer the question and he would pose another question or he would tell it in a story that made them think. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think sometimes today, if we just took a little bit of care to respond in a way that is kind, a way that is more soft around the edges, not soft on what we believe, but soft on presentation, where it's not as demonstrative, it's not so panicked, it's not so angry, then, you know, maybe our message would be heard more. I don't know. That that's a key right there. Okay. That that's my opinion. It doesn't matter. That and a couple of bucks and you can go get your coffee. It, it but that that is my opinion. I do believe that we are far too angry when we respond to issues related to our identity or our faith or whatever the case may be. All right. So that that's just a little extra. That's that's me. That's my opinion. Um, and that's the reason that I try so hard to do on my channels and my social media accounts and everything. I try to be uplifting and positive and encouraging, and I don't interact with negativity. I typically just delete and block. And the reason for that is because I don't want to give the voice to that. And I don't want to stoop to that level in my own responses. And that's, again, just me. Okay. So do with that whatever you wish. But let's look at the text specifically. And in it, I love the fact that Jesus took this whole big concept of the Christian faith and he narrowed it down truly into two commandments. Love God and love others as yourself. And basically, it's two commandments, but three nuances. The first is love God. And what does it mean to love God? Well, in my my belief and in my understanding, when we love something, when we cherish something, when we desire something, we will put energy, focus, and um, time into it, right? If you love your kids, for instance, I'm a dad, so if I love my kids, I'm going to want to spend time with them. I'm going to want to do things with them. I'm going to want to talk with them. And the same thing with God. If I believe in God, if I love God, if I want to serve God, if I want to follow God, then guess what? I'm going to devote my time and energy and words to God. And we say that's the first greatest commandment, but if we honestly look at our lives, and I'm, I'm talking to me here, okay? I, I, I'm looking right back. In fact, I'm looking at this screen, and I see into my eyeballs as I say this. Keith, do you spend the time with God that you claim in relation to your faith? And my quick answer would be, no, probably not. And that's that's an honest answer. And yet I claim to be a follower of Christ. I claim to love God. I claim to want to pursue God. I claim to want God into my life, directing and leading and helping me. And yet, I will be honest with you, my dear friend, I don't spend all the time with God that I need to. How about you? Same question. Do you? And then that second commandment, oh my gosh, I wish that people in the church, they could get, this is a little bit about what I was talking about before. Love others as yourself. And let's talk about the love others first. <laughs> There is nothing in the broad spectrum of Christian faith that I see today. For most of it, it is a very angry, it is a very attacking, it is a very negative 
faith that is presented to the world. I'm going to tell you, if I hadn't have seen and witnessed people who loved others and loved others in the name of Christ and showed unconditional love and compassion and care in the midst of everything I see today, then I might be with a lot of those other people who jump on the bandwagon and leave the faith. Because if everything I see is indicative of this Christian faith and what it means to be a follower of Jesus, then I would say, oh, my gosh, do I want that? What's attractive about that? What's desirable about that? If all I hear is people attacking, people, you know, banishing other people, people demanding things from other, you know, it is so unloving. And when I read this text and Jesus says the greatest commandment is love God and love others, I have to say, oh my, where is the love? And one of the most basic ways we show love is being kind. And I have preached this so many times, like, just be nice. Be nice. How hard is it? Well, sometimes it's hard, but isn't that what God would want us to do? Be nice. Be kind. Be Jesus with skin on, the old saying goes. Because I think that's going to show our true faith. It's going to show our unconditional love of people, the type of love that Jesus had. And it begins with us. And what do I mean by that? That little phrase at the end of that second commandment is critical. Because here, here's, here's the crust of all. He says, love God, love others. But he says, love others as you love yourself. And there's two tendencies I often see in the world today. I've seen it in clients. I've seen it in the church. I've seen it in social settings. I've seen it everywhere. I've even seen it in my own life. There are two common perspectives that people have about themselves. One is there's a narcissistic perception. That it's all about me, and it's all about what I want, and it's all about, you know, everything has to revolve around me, and certainly I have been around those people time and time again, where you can, you know, as, as long as they're happy, everybody is happy, but you must do and say and be exactly what they want, because everything has to be they, the way they want it, and there are people like that, and if you are that person, if you are the person that says, it's got to be this my way or the highway, then I can tell you, you are not loving yourself, and you are certainly not loving other people the way that God would have us do it. Narcissism is a thing that I see often. And a lot of times, narcissism is, narcissism is not something that people see in themselves. They feel like that they're right, or they feel like that, you know, they deserve this, or, you know, they're, but they don't see that there's an issue a lot of times. And therefore, they are not able to love other people because truly, I don't think a narcissist is in love with themselves. They're constantly seeking other things to fill the void of self. Unworthiness, maybe? I mean, it, it goes real deep here, and I don't want to do that. But narcissism is one of the ways that I think we don't love ourselves, and consequently, we don't love others. But here's another way. I often see, and this is especially true within the LGBTQ plus community because of the abuses and the shame that many within the community have felt for years, 
a lot of times people in this community don't truly love themselves. They judge themselves. They have internal homophobia. They have uh, uh, this, this feeling of not enough. They judge themselves very harshly. Why? Because they have heard all the stuff. And they have lived a life often, one who has tried to please other people and make them happy, even at their own detriment. And let me tell you, if you are making other people happy at your detriment, and this is not narcissism, this is just proper. If you are making everybody else happy at your own detriment, then you are not loving others because you're not loving yourself. That old metaphor of the plane and the and the air mask dropping from the ceiling, put it on first before you help any other people. That, you know, I know you've heard that. I've heard it many times in relation to this particular teaching. But the reason we hear it is because it's really true. Friend, if you don't love yourself, if you can't look at yourself and realize that you are a beautiful, created being of God, then you have nothing truly to use with other people. You will pretend, you will do, you will try to be, but that's not loving them. Because to love them, you love yourself. And from that love and that appreciation and that joy, it exudes out of you and it will impact them with goodness. So if there's any practicality today, let me just basically say these three things, okay? Let me wrap it up in a bow with these three statements, these three suggestions. <clears throat> excuse, excuse me. Number one. Notice the time you're spending with God. That's the first, because that's going to tell you a lot about how you are loving and serving God. Okay. How much time are you spending with God? That's number one. <clears throat> number two, are you being kind to other people? Are you, even if it's unmerited, even if they haven't done anything to deserve it, are you being kind? I'm so sorry. I got a tickle in my throat. And then number three, are you loving yourself? Which is a big one, by the way. And let me give you, just on this number three, let me give you a practical. <clears throat> I am so sorry that I am barking. Um, My throat got a tickle in and I can't get rid of it. I'm going to finish up quickly because I can get anywhere to the point where I can't talk. But here's the, here's, the practical thing when it comes to loving yourself, I want to suggest to you. Each morning when you go into the bathroom to brush your teeth, which I assume you do for those toothies, I want to encourage you to look in the mirror. Pause for just a moment and look into the eyes of the person looking back at you in that mirror. And then I want you to say these three words. I love you. And try to say it, not once, but maybe three or more times. Repeat every evening. I want you to get to the point where you can truly look in that mirror and mean it. But it starts 
would say in it. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God bless you. Bye-bye, my friend. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.